Blog Talk Radio. Poetry Superhighway Live. It's uh, October 8th, 2017, and a special edition of Poetry Superhighway Live. Uh, typically, every month we do an open reading where anyone is invited to call in. And uh, today, we are announcing the winners of our 2017 Poetry Contest, our 20th annual contest. Man. Have done anything for 20 years. It's pretty exciting. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm your host today and the uh, organizer of the Poetry Superhighway. Um, it's good to have you with me. If you're uh, if you're uh, normally used to calling in and you're not so good at uh, paying attention to the de- details of what's going on, uh, uh, let me just let you know that uh, you should only call in today uh, at this point in the show if you're one of our contest judges, and I'll get you on the air and we will talk to you uh, uh, about your experience judging the contest. It's not an open reading, so uh, we're not inviting you to call in to read today, just so we have that out in the open. Uh, However, a little bit later, when we start announcing the winners of our contest, or that is uh, the the, uh, top 10 scoring poets in our contest, which is what we're going to do in a little bit, um, if you hear your name mentioned, if you're one of the people who scored in the top 10 scoring positions, then you're invited to call in. The number is is uh, area code 646-716-7362. That's the number. You can call in, and uh, if you hear your name as one of those top 10 scoring poets, and you'll have the chance to read your poem, if you'd like. I hope you'd like. I think it'll be a good experience. I'm excited to hear you. Um, and then, of course, as part of that, we will be hearing uh, the names of uh, uh, the people who won the contest, the people scored in the top three scoring positions. So this is exciting. Um, I know you're excited. I'm excited. Let's be excited together, shall we? So um, in a little bit, I'm going to go over some of the contest statistics, and uh, we're going to have the chance to um, uh, uh, hear some numbers and what the highest scores were and the lowest scores were and all that kind of thing. Um, but first, um, we're lucky enough to have um, at least one of our contest judges uh, on the line. Um, I believe I believe I'm talking to JP. Yep, you got me. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. JP Grasser, one of our uh, three contest judges. I've got another number calling in. I'm not sure. What, let me just see if this is uh, this is Joe Angela five seven four area code. Is this Joe Angela? Who's this in five seven four? They hung up. All right, JP, it's nope. just you and me right now. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, Ben Britton um, is our third contest judge, and he um, he uh, lives in the United Kingdom. I know he's going to try to call in, uh, but there were some technical issues, and um, I think Blog Talk Radio is against people from the United Kingdom, which is why he wasn't able to call in last time when we when we talked to you guys, and I and I think. I think Joangela is on the road and not able to call in. So it could be just you. So this is a lot of pressure, uh, JP, for you to sum up the entire judging experience on behalf of all three of you. First of all, I I want to thank you. I know it was a tremendous amount of work. I saw your post earlier on Facebook, um, an experience that you hope not to repeat (laughs) or something of that nature. The most fun I never want to have again. (laughs) There you go, yeah. Right, it was it was quite a lot of uh, it was quite a lot, but you managed to you actually got all your entries in in first. I don't know if the other judges know that, but uh, but well done. And, and you know, if if we're gonna let the cat out of the bag, you were for most of the contest behind the other two judges <laughs> in terms of getting your scores back. So I was pleasantly surprised that yours came back before the other two. Everyone got them back on time, by the way. But um, so tell me, um, what does that mean? The most fun that you're, I've forgotten the quote already. But what, like, what, what does it mean to you that it was a great experience, but you don't want to do it again? Uh, well, really, really, I guess what I meant. I, I, I realize it's a little, a little snarky. Um, 
which is to say, you know, it was such a sort of wonderful and humbling experience um, to just really, really kind of soak up the amazing diversity of voices and, and the breadth of subject matter and forms, um, you know, that are, that are going on in, in poetry all over the world right now. Um, but it was a lot of work, <laughs> right? you know, um, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of course incredibly glad to have had the opportunity, um, to engage with, with all of these voices that, you know, otherwise I, I wouldn't have, um, so all all snark aside, I actually am I'm really quite glad uh to to have been involved this year. That's cool. I well I enjoyed the smart snark. I thought it was funny. And um you know, I've I've judged a couple of contests too and you know, the and and honestly I haven't judged one that has had as many entries as, as yours, as this one, I should say. So, you know, I know what it's like to go through a lot of entries, but not in the same way that you, you guys do. Because it's a tremendous amount. I mean, spread out over a long period of time, I guess. Though I know a chunk of them, uh, a lot of them come in towards the end. So I want to thank you a tremendous amount for doing all that work. Um, you know, in terms of uh, you know anyone who's listening who um, is looking for advice now that you've had this experience, is there are there things now that you've gone through the whole thing, all uh, 849 entries? What you know, are there things that that contributed to you giving a particularly high score versus a particularly low score? Yeah, you know, I think um, the first thing that, that would come to mind is just sort of the the whole idea of uh, sprezzatura and and a sort of, you know, artful nonchalance. Um, you know, I found I found myself seeing uh, many many of the poems that I, I oftentimes scored low, you know, gave, gave low scores to um, were ones that didn't didn't really uh, try to engage with, with what many poets call like the second subject. Um, they were, they were ones that, you know, chose to engage um, in any, any sort of, especially I think in the, in the political sphere, um, you know, which of course is a, a useful and sort of necessary topic right now. Um, but they, they went, took, took, took it head on, you know, um, and end up, ended up being a little on the nose for my taste. Um, yeah. Whereas I think some of the poems I saw that, um, that engaged with the politics, you know, moved to the universal through the personal experience um, that started in some kind of personal narrative or a lyric utterance that was, you know, perfectly singular to the author. Um, I think that that might be one thing that, that first kind of comes to mind. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, th- I haven't heard the phrase second subject before. Um, I'm, I'm getting a sense of what it is based on the example that you gave, but if if you were to define that that term for us, do you, would you be able to do that? Yeah, um, so it's, it's oftentimes, uh, you know, there's there's a certain kind of breed of poem that um, isn't really about what it's about, right? Um, that, you know, on, on some kind of surface level or, you know, um, initial kind of cursory reading uh, is about, say, an auto mechanic, right? Um, but the, sure. the force, the force of the poem, of course, is is usually found in the second subject at the end, and it's you know in that sort of off the cuff example might be something about um, what labor means, or um, or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know. So particularly, uh, particularly in a narrative poem, um, it would be one that's sort of telling a story, and then the second subject is kind of the greater thematic concern that that is oftentimes kind of nodded to or gestured to at the end, um, without kind of fully being, you know, getting 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 a, a lot of airtime in the poem, I guess. Yeah, no, I get it. It's um, it, it in in a sense, it's it, you're you're leaving it up to the reader to uh, uh, figure out what it's about. You know, maybe it, it, or or if it's about something else that you know more specific right. that's that's only being referred think, to alleg- allegorically or whatever. Exactly, exactly, and I think that you know, um, that's that sort of trust has to go both ways. You know it. When I, when I feel as though an author is trusting me to make the connections in a poem, 
then I feel like I'm, I can trust trust that what they're telling me is true. Oh, that's interesting. Um, do, does a poem have to be true? Do, you know, can can it can it lie to you legitimately? Uh, I think a poem does have to be true in a way. Um, you know, the the difference I think would be the difference between authenticity and authority. Um, it doesn't have to be authentic to to real or lived experience necessarily because. You know, we I mean, we know that <laughs> there's no way to, to capture um, lived experience in an authentic way, just given the shortcomings of language. Um, but a, a poem can certainly have authority, right? Um, yeah. You can know what you're talking about without it having happened. Oh, that's that's an interesting way to put it, too. Um, so you, we had an interesting situation this year where uh, y- you actually know um, – ahead of time which poems won, though I haven't told you which was in which position because we had a tie for for first place. And so we had a, ended up having a second round of, of scoring to determine which of those three poems would be first, second, and third. Um, was there, without getting into specifics of what those poems were or what any of the others were, were there any any poems that weren't in those top three that you hoped would be, or, or were you excited about the ones that were there? Uh, there were there were certainly a few that I I really believe strongly in that I didn't see there. So, you know, that was of course a little a little sad. Um, yeah. But you know, in in seeing those those top three contenders, I was uh, quickly quickly sort of buoyed. Um, you know, again by by just this sort of diversity. You know, I mean, I think that what and I've said it before, what really drew me uh, to participating in this contest is the sort of um, Equanimity, you know, it's 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 a, a contest that is is for everyone, um, and I was so sort of you know again humbled to see, even in those top three spots, I mean what what an amazing diversity of voices, what completely wildly different subject matters, um, it was really really great. Yeah, I, it's interesting that you know that you had that. That reaction, and you know, because we we certainly had three judges who had very different sensibilities. And as I was, well, I'm the only one who, of course, saw all the scores, so I I know what, or I saw scores coming in for for certain poems and certain people, um, which which some of you scored very high, and the same exact poems and or poets were scored very low and and it did i think create a kind of egalitarian opportunity for for anyone um because of the breadth of sensibilities amongst the three of you so i'm not surprised that there were poems that 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 you were rooting for that didn't necessarily make it to the top and and vice versa so uh, uh but that just i think is is really for anyone considering entering the contest just more really encouraging about the the potential to to do well in it. So, yeah, well, listen, yeah, I and, really, and, I, and I think I just, Oh, I was just gonna say, and I, I might sort of add to that too, that, you know, I think it just it is also a sort of great example that, you know, even, even we, the judges this year are, are not the arbiters of taste. Um, we all have, you know, our own personal tastes and, and personal aesthetics. Um, so for sure. whatever that's worth. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there could have been an image that in in a poem that scored well that that one of you really related to because of personal experience or knowledge of it, and that others it it might have been a completely foreign concept to. So uh, you know, it's I, I guess it's a gamble. Um, though I, I suppose as long as your poem is good, you'll you'll do okay. Uh, but uh, there you go. <laughs> Well, right. well, listen, JP. I just want to thank you so much for for all the work that you did. I know it was a whole lot of work over a, a long period of time. Yeah, you have anything else you want to say uh, to the to the folks listening? No, I, I mean I think the only thing that uh, I would add, sort of in closing, is is just that you know all all contests are 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 in a way a sort of vulnerability. Um, you know, just putting yourself out there is is already I think a reward, um, especially when it comes to poetry, you know, poetry that is, you know, to, to function well must be personal. 
you know, um, which doesn't mean that it's not universal, but, but personal. Um, so I think that, that, it, you know, I would just say that anyone and everyone who entered the contest has already um, attained some kind of victory. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's brave to put yourself out there. Um, it, it, invariably, if you choose to submit or enter contests, you you are going to be rejected more often than not. You're not going to win more often than not. But it's uh, it's certainly better to have made the effort than than to not have. And I I'm, I, I think it's it's a great you know it's it's a necessary part of of being an artist is sharing your, your work with others in, in other ways, which is why I'm so vocal on this show and in other places about, you know, you know, you need to get out to open readings and, and engage with other people and, and, and co-mingle with fellow artists. So, um, so well done. Yeah. I, I, I'm fully on board with that. Right. Well, JP, thanks again. And um, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start uh, uh, giving out a lot of information that people want to hear and, and maybe, and maybe some, just a bunch of statistics that people don't want to hear, but it'll at least extend the show a little bit and, 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 and the excitement. But um, I really appreciate all the work that you did again. And, um, and, uh, and, and welcome back to the world of regular citizenry of poetry. <laughs> yep. I, well, thank you again for all your work uh, curating the contest, and I'll be waiting with bated breath to see what happens. Okay, well, as long as you're still breathing, we're good. <laughs> all right, JP, thanks right. so much. Uh, one of our contest judges, JP Grasser, joining us. Um, our two other judges uh, were Joangela Edwins, who uh, was one of the winners of last year's contest. Um, she uh, is is on the road and not able to join us uh, for the show. Uh, today to give her thoughts and um, our third judge from the United Kingdom, uh, our first overseas judge, uh, as a matter of fact, unless of course you live in the United Kingdom, in which case it's probably not over a sea, so you'll forgive my uh, my North America uh, centrism here. But um, uh, Ben Britton uh, did a great job as well, and uh, he uh, is unfortunately just there's some technical issues with with um, him being able to connect with with Blog Talk Radio, which we haven't been able to. Resolved, but Ben, I know you're listening, and I want to thank you so much for all of the work that you did uh, as well. And uh, Joangela, um, I know you'll eventually listen to this, so uh, thank you as well. Um, a tremendous amount of work. Um, I really can't thank these guys enough. It's uh, you know, it, it starts out um, a little heavy, and we get a lot of entries in, and so it seems like it's going to be a lot of work. And then it kind of it, it then it comes more sporadically, maybe maybe five to ten poems a day, maybe not every day. Uh, but then once the last two, three weeks of the contest roll in, uh, judging this contest almost becomes a full-time job. It's, uh, we get uh, more than half our entries, I'd say, during the last two or three weeks of the contest. So something to consider if you're entering next year. I, I guess I could have asked uh, the judges about this, their thoughts on this. Like, uh, like, are they able to judge, to read the poems in the same way, give them the same attention if they're getting so many at once versus or earlier on, but uh, I, I know they did an honest and good job, so I can already answer that question: is, is yes, yes they are. Uh, but um, not to worry, um, we are going to um, uh, continue on now and give you some information uh, about uh, about about uh, some of the statistics of the of the contest. Um, so, uh, in and in a little bit, I'm going to start announcing the top ten scoring poets or, or positions, I should say, and. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, so uh, so and and if you hear your name mentioned as one of those top ten scoring poets, um, you will uh, again be invited to call in and read the poem that scored in that spot, and uh, and the number to call in. So have it handy is six four six seven one six seven three six two. Um, only call in, please, if you hear your name. This is not an open reading today, uh, but we will get back to our regular open readings on November 12th. Uh, before I get into the statistics, I also want to thank our sponsors. Um, we had 57 sponsors this year who donated um, 163 prizes, um, and which means that we are able to give every single person a prize just for entering. So if you don't hear your name in the top 10 spots, 
um, or or you do and you're not one of the three winners of the contest, not to worry. You're still going to get a prize just for entering. Um, some of those prizes are digital prizes. You're going to uh, get ebooks or PDF copies of people's books or anthologies or digital subscriptions to things. Uh, many of them are physical prizes, books that you're going to get in the mail, um, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and you can see the entire list of prizes on the Poetry Superhighway website on the contest page. Um, that list is up there now, and at the end of the show, uh, it will be updated with uh, the names of the winners as well. Um, and you'll be getting an email if you enter the contest uh, very shortly after the contest uh, uh, this announcement, letting you know specifically which prize uh, you will be getting. Um, so there you go. It's just one of the ways that we try to encourage people to enter because uh, you will get something just for entering, even if you don't win the contest. So some more so thank you sponsors by the way for making that possible. This is again the 20th year we've done this contest and we've been able to uh, because of the generosity of, of sponsors uh, giving away so many things and and uh, and mailing using their money to mail these things as well sometimes overseas uh, which you know costs a chunk of extra money it just um, it's it makes our contest unique I think and I really I can't thank you guys enough. I especially want to thank um, a couple of our sponsors who donated cash to uh, to uh, add to the prize pot. So you know that we received 100. And, I'm sorry, 849 entries. Um, so our plan is to divide up that money between the top three scoring poets. The third place winner gets 20% of the prize money. The second place winner gets 30% of the prize money, and the first place winner gets half of the prize money, 50%. But it's not just $849 um, that, that all came from the $1 per poem entry fee. It is, in fact, um, <clears throat> an additional $250 added to that prize pot um, by uh, Roland Vassen, who's a Los Angeles area poet who's done this every year uh, for a number of years. So it's $849 plus $250, um, which is, what, a 999 already, something like that? Um, and plus, um, uh, Hiram LaRue donated $25, which is being added to the pot. And then a few other poets kicked in a couple of extra bucks um, to the prize pot, um, uh, which means that the winners will be uh, dividing up – wait, I'm going to do the math really quickly here because I want to get this right. Um, the winners will be dividing up $1,131. Um, again, 50%, 30%, and 20%. Um, so there you go. That's the prize for the winners in addition to being published as Poet of the Week on Poetry Superhighway. So um, some statistics. This year we had 849 entries, which is our second highest ever number. Last year um, was the highest. We had 865 entries. 849 is still quite a lot. We um, – we, uh, uh, it typically, uh, almost every other year of the contest prior to last year, it was between five and six hundred. So, really went up quite a bit last year and stayed up this year, although it was twenty, uh, fifteen or so less than last year. That's still quite a lot. Quick note, uh, by the way, to those of you who entered at the last minute, there's a few people who didn't get in uh, for a, for the reason for the reason that your your entry came just too late. If you if you entered on the last day, which a lot of people did. Um, you, you couldn't miss any of the guidelines. If you miss any of the guidelines before the last day, I have the chance to get to you and say, hey, you didn't do this. Can you can you fix this thing? And we can get you in. But if you do that on the last day, we, we couldn't get to you. Um, and unfortunately, there are a few people who sent entries in and they, then the, the payment didn't come on time or it wasn't postmarked, etc. So I encourage you next year, don't wait to the last minute because we did have a chunk of entries that just didn't make it into the contest for various reasons. The payment didn't come on time, etc. Um, although the the poems came at the at the exact right time. So there you go. All right. So this year we had 163 poets enter. Last year it was 181. So relative, we actually had uh, 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 well, what is it? We had more poets entering. More poems? I don't know what the number is. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to try to do that statistic on my head. I'll hire some mathematologists next year to take over it. 163 poets uh, entered this year. 181 entered last year. This year, 163 
prizes um, donated by 57 sponsors. Last year we had 189 prizes donated by 72 sponsors, which means that our even though we had fewer prizes, this, fewer sponsors this year, they on their own donated uh, more prizes per sponsor, uh, bringing us up to the total of 163 prizes, which uh, exactly matches the number of poets who enters, guaranteeing that every single contest entrant will get a prize just for entering. How about the scores? Would you like to know some of the uh, average scores? This year, um, we had one of the uh, the higher average scores than we've had in the, in the last several years. Our judges were a little bit more generous than, than certainly last year, I should say. Uh, last year, the average uh, a score um, for a poem. Now, the the way it worked is the judges would would send back their uh, your poems with just the titles um, and and the score next to them, and they would score between zero and five, um, which means that the total possible score for a poem uh, in the first round of scoring was 15 points. The average score this year was uh, 8.556. So that's uh, not bad, a little bit higher than half. It's higher than last year. Last year's average score was 6.63 points, uh, which means that our judges were a bit more generous with the points this year than last year. The lowest average score um, since I was been keeping track of this information was in 2007 when it was 5.938 points. And the highest average score for a poem in the first round of uh, scoring was two years ago in 2015, which was 9.435. So um, at the very least, uh, this year's uh, average score was um, nowhere near the lowest average score of all time. So well done, all of you who entered. There you go. Um, moving on. <clears throat> the um, highest score for a poem in the first round of scoring, and again, uh, the highest possible number of points you could get it was um, 15 points. And the highest score this year um, in the first round was 13.5 points, which was uh, a quarter point higher than last year, in which the highest score was 13.25 points. Um, the highest, highest score we've ever received was in 2011 uh, for a first round of scoring when, when a poem scored 14.25 points. And the lowest highest score, I hope you're drawing this out on a chart, um, it was actually a tie between 2013 and 2007 when the highest score was both 12.5 points. So um, well done 2017 for a 13.5 points <clears throat> being the highest score in this year's uh, first round of scoring. Um, and finally, the last statistic I'll tell you before we start announcing winners is the lowest score um, for the first round of scoring in this year's contest. The lowest score that a single poem received was 2.25 points. Um, uh, don't feel bad about that uh, because the lowest ever lowest score that we received was uh, 0.5 points. And that lowest score was achieved last year in 2016 and also in 2007. The highest lowest score, and yes, my brain is hurting as I say those words, uh, was in 2014 when the lowest score that year was 4.5. So we didn't quite achieve the highest lowest score this year, but there were kind of par for the course in terms of the uh, lowest scores since I've been keeping track of this info in 2006. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> that's all the statistics. I think it's time to start announcing the uh, the winners. Um, uh, we're going to get to the winners. The winners, of course, are the people who scored in first, second, and third place. And, uh, and of course, as I already mentioned earlier, those three winners actually tied for first place in the first round of scoring, and we had to have a second round of scoring uh, to determine which of those poems uh, went to uh, first, second, and third. So um, I'm going to announce now all the people who t who uh, scored in the top 10 scoring positions. If you hear your name and you'd like to, please call in right away. The number is 646-716-7362, and I will put you on the, uh, on the show, and you'll have the chance to read your poem that scored in that position. 
Um, this is the only place that you can hear the top 10 scoring poets. We don't publish this list anywhere. And we don't have runners-up, um, Tetro. The, the winners of the contest are the people who will, whose names will be published online and their poems will be published, etc. So, uh, so don't ask for me to publish a list of the top 10 scoring poets. This show is the only place that you can hear them. And further, um, I'm, uh, we, as, a, as a policy, we don't reveal the scores of anyone below 10th place. So don't ask. It ain't going to happen. There you go. So scoring in 10th place, only one person in 10th place. A number of the other positions have ties. Uh, the 10th place score was 11.75 points. That, again, is the uh, first round of scoring. Um, for the poem Soft and Worn from Lebanon, Oregon, uh, Danny Earl Simmons. Congratulations, Danny, on scoring uh, uh, on scoring so high in the contest. Tenth place uh, in this contest is nothing to sneeze at. You'll see, uh, because in most of these positions, there's really only a quarter point difference between um, between these different positions. So it's uh, it was it was really very close. Um, there you go. So congratulations, Danny, for scoring in tenth place. Do I have a drum roll? I do. Let me just practice the drum roll. Hold on a sec. There it is. Okay. Last year, thank you, drum roll. Last year I didn't have a drum roll, and I made a note to myself to upload a drum roll so that when we get to the, the top 10 scoring positions, uh, we could use it and thus create some drama. Um, all right. Danny, again, if you're listening, call in. I'd be happy to hear your poem. Ninth place. Are you ready for ninth place, ladies and gentlemen? Ninth place was a score of 12 points. Uh, that's only one quarter point higher than 10th place. We had five poets score in ninth place. <clears throat> and here they are. From Taunton, Somerset in the United Kingdom, uh, Anthony Watts for his poem Zoom was one of our poets in ninth place. From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, For the poem Polka Dot Dress, Angel Ellis, you, you tied for ninth place. Congratulations. From Renton, Washington. Uh, for the poem 117th Street Northeast, Scott Ferry. Congratulations, Scott. And uh, also in ninth place with 12 points. For the poem, The Light Wells of San Francisco, former one of our winners, Douglas Richardson, and former contest judge as well. Congratulations, Douglas. Always very happy to see you uh, in, in the top positions here in this contest. And finally, in ninth place, uh, one of our judges from last year's contest, for her poem, South Side, from Provo, Utah, Trish Hopkinson, congratulations to all five of you for uh, scoring in in uh, for tying for ninth place in our contest this year. You were only a point and a half away from first place. That's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. If any of you happen to be listening, Scott, Douglas, Angel, Trish, or Anthony, feel free to call in 646-716-7362, and I'd be delighted to put you on the air and uh, hear your poem. We'd all would love to hear it. Moving on to eighth place. In eighth place, which had a score of 12.25 points. I think I activated my Siri for some reason and just started talking. Do you guys have that experience where your Siri or your Alexa just start talking before you even say anything to them? They're taking over, people. They're taking over. Where was I? Eighth place? Yes. Okay. We had uh, three poets score... They're still talking. I I can't do a show if my thing is is uh, is uh, interrupting me. Hopefully they'll they'll be quiet. Sorry. Okay, I can do this. I'm a professional. Not really. This is really an amateur effort. Uh, um, uh, in eighth place, three poets tied, um, and here they are with 12.25 points from Hampstead, North Carolina, for her poem "I'm Becoming a Homebody." Lisa Stice. Congratulations, Lisa. 
from Columbus, Ohio, for her poem Patricia uh, Hellbore, or Hellebore. I'm not sure how to pronounce that exactly. Uh, the poet Patricia Jacobin Miranda. I hope I'm pronouncing your middle name right, and if I'm not, I apologize, and please feel free to call in and read your poem and tell me how to pronounce it correctly. And finally, also in third place, also from – this is our second. We had two poets in eighth place from North Carolina, this time from Mooresville, North Carolina, uh, for the poem Feeding the Cat, E.M. Shorb. Congratulations, E.M. If any of you happen to be listening, uh, Lisa, Patricia, or E.M., feel free to call in. Uh, we'd love to hear your poem. Six four six seven one six seven three six two. All right, we're moving on to seventh place. In seventh place, we have uh, two poets tied. The seventh place position was uh, uh, it obtained a score of twelve point five points. Again, just a quarter point higher than eighth place. Uh, two poets. The first one. Ooh, wait. I'm sorry. We have a poet calling in. Let's see who it is. Hi, 801 area code. Who's this? Trish. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Tr- Trish. Which which uh, Trish Hopkinson? Yes. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Congratulations on uh, ninth place. Yeah, thank you. I'm doing well. Cool. Um, you, do you have your poem Southside with you? I do. I was ready. Loved it. Great. <laughs> Let's hear it. All right. Here it goes. Southside. Suburban, but where hundred-year-old homes creak poor kids from their seams. Flaky paint facades and weedy yards wait for stapled food stamps to drop into the mailbox. There should be religion here, with a steeple on every corner alongside a dime bag or a beggar. Gospel is a thick fog, but only spawns boredom in young people. No matter how loud the sermon, no matter how low parents set the thermostat, or how long they make the bread and milk last, it won't be enough to keep a teen from looking elsewhere for something that feels whiskey in your belly good, warm hand on your thigh good, Something to squelch envy, to take notice, to be different. It's easy to sneak out like lean gray mice, squeezing through a crevice, pressing against the night, go car hopping, steal beer and cigarettes from sea stores, find glue or paint thinner or gasoline to huff. Easy to coax a ride from a mullet on a bullet bike. Easy to wrap legs around a boy in the vacant lot. Easy enough that no other body flinches when the kid who lived in the mint green house on the south side chokes on his tongue and dies in his attic room from a brain tumor. Most of us knew him. Some of us expect to go the same way. Wow, that's a great piece, Trish. Well done, well read. Um, I, uh, powerful ending, though I, I am stuck on the, the idea of disembodied mullets uh, offering rides to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mullets did stand to tend to stand out in the in the eighties. So, <laughs> well, thanks for letting me call in and read, Rick. No problem. Thanks for thanks for calling in. Thanks for entering, and thanks for all that you do for poetry, which is quite a bit. I really appreciate it. And you. You bet. You too. All right. Take <laughs> take mm-hmm. it Bye-bye. easy. That was Trish Hopkinson, one of our judges from last year, which means she was one of the winners from a couple of years ago uh, calling in. Uh, You should definitely get in our Facebook group. Trish posts uh, really useful information um, and resources and opportunities for poets every day there um, and and directly on her blog as well. Um, Another poet is called in uh, from the 412 area code. Hello, 412. Hi, Rick. It's Angel Ellis calling. Thank you so much. Gosh, uh, it's a tie for ninth place. And with Trish, this is a very exciting. <laughs> you guys should hang out. I know Pennsylvania and Utah aren't that close, but, you know, it's it's well, worth the we, trip we for did, one of you. You know, uh, Trish is someone, you know, that I, I know, obviously, online from, from all of her poetry work. So, you know, this is how we connect with one another. 
Uh, but I oh. am uh, I'm really happy to be able to read uh, Polka Dot Dress, uh, the poem uh, that uh, tied for ninth place. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just read the poem because I think that um, the epigraph gives all the setup that uh, a listener needs. So I'll just start. Go Polka Dot Dress. Here is the epigraph. Francesca Woodman, 1958 to 1981, the daughter of artists, jumped from a, from a Manhattan rooftop during a struggle with depression. She gained posthumous fame for her innovative photography of the body. Your mother worked steadily in the wake of your death, peasant feet in painted slippers, shocked from function to form. She blankets the wall in Beijing with pottery birds suspended in flight. Your father abandons abstraction, clinging to the women he shudders. He clicks on a tattoo, coal rim zero, the back of the model exposed by her checkered schoolgirl uniform stares at him, aperture of failure. You, figure in the yellow wallpaper, blur of beautiful body and shadow, eros with singed feathers and wild psyche, Icarus with designer wings, fallen. No ID but your polka dot dress, and your face, unrecognizable. Very nice, uh, Angel. Really uh, a great poem and an indelible image, the polka dot dress that you're, you've... Uh, just the idea that it's a form of identification is, is, is going to sit with me for a while. So thank you so much. And, and, and again, if you've ever... Uh, I encourage everyone to look at the photographs of Francesca Woodman this uh, incredibly precociously talented photographer who died so young and the polka, polka dot dress does, uh, you know, does figure in her work. So thank you, Rick. Um, I, oh, I'm also a prize, a, a prize donor. So I, I'm excited to, to, to send the, my prize out when I get the notification. It'll come shortly. Thank but, you so much for participating <laughs> okay. in all the ways bye you bye. possibly could. All right. Bye. That was uh, Angel Ellis from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, reading her ninth place uh, uh, poem, Polka Dot Dress. So, so cool. All right. We're going to move on to second, uh, seventh place. We're not going to skip to second. Sorry. Um, but we'll get there. Um, in second place, we had two poets tied. Uh, the first poet, uh, and this is 12.5 points, from Cambridge, Massachusetts, for the poem A Level Tongue, the poet Tomas O'Leary. Congratulations, Tomas. And... Uh, and you'll you'll see why I I uh, wasn't quite sure which Trish was calling in uh, in a second here, but uh, also tied in seventh place from Smith's Grove, Kentucky, for the poem "Why I Don't Keep Birds" was Trish Lindsay Jaggers. That's why I was uh, <laughs> when uh, when uh, Trish Hopkinson called in and said, "Hey, it's Trish." I was like, "Wait, I haven't said her name yet." Oh, but then I had. It was several positions earlier. So congratulations to Tomas and Trish for uh, scoring in seventh place for your poems. If you happen to be listening, feel free to call in and uh, and read your poem. Um, we're going to move on to sixth place now. In sixth place, which was 12.75 points, again, just a quarter point higher than uh, seventh point, and it keeps going on like that um, all the way up through first place. Um, we had five poets tied in sixth place. Um, five poets uh, from uh, from all over the place um, in sixth place with 12.75 points uh, for the poem Sick from McCall, Idaho, Cindy Furman. Congratulations, Cindy. From Indiapo Indianapolis, Indiana, from the, for the poem Pulling Up Plastic in Spring, Helen Townsend. Thank Congratulations, Helen. Uh, from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is a city name I hope I don't have to say out loud again. Um, at a party, John Wayne Gacy puts his arm around me and says, we've all been there before. Brianna uh, Lichardi, maybe? 
Um, congratulations. From Brooklyn, New York, for the poem Sad to Say, John Estelle. And finally, in sixth place, from San Pedro, California, for the poem I Was Hovering Just Below the Hospital Ceiling, Contemplating My Death, the poet Alexis Roan Fancher. Congratulations, Alexis. Um, if any of you are listening and you'd like to call in and read your poem, uh, the number is 646-716-7362. We've got five positions left to read. I want to make sure that we have time to announce them and give those ch- uh, people a chance to call in. But I do have two other callers on the line, so hopefully those are winners. Remember not to call in unless you are a winner, uh, so we don't waste time putting you on there and then me hanging up on you uh, when I realize you're not one of the people whose names I read. Uh, but let's see who it is. Uh, uh, we have a, a blocked number. Hello. Who do I have on the line? Anybody there? Okay, well, uh, hanging up on you. Um, how about from the uh, 270 area code? Hey, Rick. It's Trish, Hi. the other one. <laughs> I know which Trish this is this time. All right. That I'd like to gather that all the... Been, uh, <laughs> that would have been odd that I was that psychic, right? Yeah. I was, so well, how did you know that? I am. Uh, I, I'd like to gather all the Trishes in one place because all the Trishes I know. Oh, I'd, the love, ones I'd love to hang out with Trish Hopkins. Yeah, especially uh, the ones who I've talked Hopkins to today. Are awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that would be a party I'd love to attend. Um, a Trish. <laughs> well, we all yeah. should have one. <laughs> okay. Well, I will quickly read because you have quite a bit of ground to cover. Or had you just rather I wait maybe and let you cover? No, this I'd like brand. you to read your poem. Go for it. Okay. All right. Um, Why I Don't Keep Birds One, they live a long time, but they don't keep well. You know, like canned vegetables long past the expiration date are edible, but the bloody taste of metal tangs against the tongue. Like water left in the sun is freer, but gathers a certain stagnation before it grows green. Like what's in the air enters through the bars but cannot escape. Even the notes are off and fall like broken piano keys. Two. I would have died for a breath of that rain. The glass dry against my hand on this side. On the other, the sixth floor window of the suicide ward faced the city like a tramp. Hungry, dirty, Rain streaked, speechless. Pigeons nodded on the ledge. Behind me, the ward droned on. Wrists healed. Doors stayed locked. Three. A man ambushed a stone. He said, I'm sorry I startled you, but you see, I can sense your weaponry, your killing nature, and even your courteous manner of marking the grave of the last man you struck down. Oh, I know, continued the man. It's not the gun, but the person holding the gun, usually a man, because women don't like messy means of doing away with things. They have to clean up, and that means they'd have to lay down the gun and get their hands dirty. And a gun left lying could go off, just as you could breach the angle of repose and go crushing moss over the hillside. I think I'll wait here with you. That way we both know nothing bad will ever happen. Not to us, anyway. Four. The water came only to the boy's knees, yet he feared drowning. No not being able to swim. No, not being able to breathe. Five. Once, once watching a pot boil, I wondered if scientists, once they learn molecules dance, no longer need to watch the way I am content to sleep through Christmas Eve, my roof undisturbed, windows glossed with rain. Six, claustrophobia accompanies me like a port wine stain, and I tell myself not breathing would end it. A cloud looks like a face 
but it cannot hold or stay. Rain lets go of the roof, but I cannot. Seven. How do we tell the bird it has plenty of air if air is not what it wants? Here you go. Man, um, uh, the rest of the contest entrants are just lucky that the judges didn't hear you reading that poem. Because <laughs> that would have done them in. Um, Trish, I'm going to let you go because i got some other uh, – okay, I, I want to yeah. get through the rest. But I just want to say when okay. we do have that summit of Trish's, we're going to do it in Kentucky because I know you've been having trouble exporting the bourbon, and I just think we need it on Yeah, there. I actually have run into a little problem there, but we'll talk about that later. All right. Thank All right. you so much, and I'm looking forward to sending out the prize that I'm giving to uh, a fortunate winner here. Thank you, and you have a great day. You too. That was uh, a Trish – uh, Lindsay Jaggers calling from uh, Smith's Grove, Kentucky. I'm going to get right through fifth and fourth places as quick as we can because we're running short on time, and then we'll uh, take our time if we can with with third through first. Uh, in fifth place, just one person um, with uh, 13 points, just a quarter point higher than uh, than sixth place. Uh, with uh, 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 from McCall, Idaho, our second. A top 10 scoring poet from Idaho for the poem Neither Wolf Nor Coyote, Cindy Furman. Congratulations, Cindy. That's it. That's uh, scores 10 through 5. Moving on to fourth place. Fourth place, just 13.25 points. Uh, that is, I'm sorry, 13.25 points, just a quarter point higher than fifth place. Two poets tied in fourth place, uh, one from South Africa, Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, for uh, the poem Refugees, Marin Bodenstein, or Bodenstein, or Bodenstein, one of those, or maybe not. Uh, congratulations, Marin, or Marin. Um, and also in fourth place, from Cincinnati, Ohio, with 13.25 points, even as they break their wings, is the name of the poem from Kamal Kimball. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the top uh, uh, Fifth through tenth, sorry, fourth through tenth uh, positions, and we're now about to get to the winners. But before we do that, I have a poet on the line from the five seven four area code. Hello. Hi, this is Helen Townsend from Indianapolis. Hi, Helen. Sixth place winner. Hi. Yay. Yay. Sixth place scoring poet. Let's hear your poem. All right. This is called "Pulling Up Plastic in Spring." You can't tell what's underneath. All you can feel is the weight of the stones piled on top. As you lift, you get some traction. Suddenly, you're face-to-face with an earthworm and dampened clay and a little guilt. This creature doesn't want to be unearthed into the sun. Lifting his squishy body doesn't help. He doesn't stay in the deep spot where you put him. He does that slow-motion slide over and over into a green clump he used to live under, home, even as it's dying. The cat wandered off to chase birds. You're torn because do you save the birds or save the worm? They're both your fault if you don't. Do you let the sky darken without pulling the door shut, without closing the blinds, without lowering the window? Do you stand braless in front of the rain and give a wet t-shirt to God who put you in this situation, loving the wrong people? trying to save everyone who can't be saved and killing them unintentionally like the, like the last word you didn't know was going to be the last word. Nice job, Helen. Good poem. Thank Thanks. you so much for, uh, for entering and, uh, and congratulations on scoring so highly in the contest as well. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm going to get going because I uh, I, I want to get to the top three, and I'm sure everyone else wants to hear it. So thanks for calling in, Helen. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, um, just a few minutes left uh, here. If you are one of the top three scoring poets and you hear your name mentioned, please call in at 646-716-7362. Love to hear your poem if we can squeeze it in in the five minutes we have left. Um, in third place, uh, the people whose names I'm mentioning now are the winners of the Poetry Superhighway Contest, the uh, 20th Annual Poetry Superhighway Contest, the 2017 Poetry Superhighway Contest. In third place, 
um, and by the way, in third, second, and first, as I mentioned earlier, um, these folks scored. They they tied. This is the first time we've ever had a tie. Three people in first place, first round of scoring um, from zero to 15 points. We had a tie-breaking round where the judges read all three of the poems, and uh, they scored them between zero and 10 points, uh, meaning the total uh, possibility for for the score for the second round was 30 points. So, um, so all of them got 13.5 points in the first round of scoring. Um, in the second round of scoring, this poem in third place scored 23 po- points, winner of $226.20, as well as uh, being published on the Poetry Superhighway in about five minutes as Poet of the Week, our third place winner for the poem, The Hypnagogic Wanderings of Fernando Pessoa, um, Eric Steiniger. Congratulations, Eric Steiniger from Asheville, North Carolina. If you're listening, call in. I'd love to hear your poem. In second place, second place scored 25 points out of 30 in the second round of scoring. This person will win $339.30 as well as uh, being published as Poet of the Week um, in about four minutes. Um, This person is young. Um, I think about 18 years old, a freshman in college, if, if, uh, if I'm judging this correctly, based on, on uh, her bio. Um, she was raised and went to school in Pasadena, California, and now goes to Wellesley College in Massachusetts. For the poem, Echappé, Matilda Burke, second place. Congratulations, Matilda. All right. If anyone uh, is listening, Matilda or Eric, who uh, do call in seven one six six four. I'm sorry, six four six seven one six seven three six two. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait to use the drum roll. I've been waiting all year to use this. Um, in first place, um, with a score of twenty seven points um, in the third in the second round of scoring, um, out of thirty. Who will win $565.50? This poet is from the United States of America. This poet is someone uh, who has entered our contest before and who has scored in the top three positions before, um, who's been a judge of our contest before with completely different sets of judges scoring their poems which is kind of amazing. This person has scored in the top three scoring positions multiple times, judged by completely different sets of people. Uh, The winner of our contest from Hialeah, Florida, for the poem Rio Grande. Lisette Alonzo. Congratulations, Lisette. Um, blown away that you won the Poetry Superhighway contest this year. Um, Again, it's not like it's happened twice. This is like the third or fourth time that you have been one of the winners of the contest with a completely different set of judges. I'm blown away by this, guys. Well, um, what can I tell you? Um, uh, That's it. That's our 2017 Poetry Contest. I want to thank um, our many, many sponsors for donating prizes. Um, as a reminder, sponsors, you'll be receiving an email shortly. Uh, um, oh, wait, someone's calling in 626 area code. I bet it's Matilda. Matilda, listen on Hello. the phone, not on the computer. Hi, Matilda. I'm Hi. guessing yeah, because of your number. Um, can yeah. you read your poem in like 30 seconds? Oh, yeah, for sure. And congratulations. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. Wow. Let's hear it. Read it. Okay. Wait, right now? But I have this second, okay. please. Gotcha. All right, so the poem is called Echappé, and here's the epigraph. During the Cultural Revolution, Madame Mao took control of the National Ballet of China. Government officials scoured the nation for children who showed physical promise, plucking them from their homes and placing them in state-sanctioned training camps. The dream Matilda, the I'm, gonna, I, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off um, because I, I only have 30 seconds before the show automatically oh. ends. So we're we're out of time. But I'm so glad to hear your voice. I'm really excited that such a young person scored second place in the contest. You'll be hearing from me soon about your prize. Congratulations and thank you for calling in. Thank you so much.
All right. Have a good rest of the day. You too. (laughs) All right. Sorry I couldn't hear her poem. We just are simply out of time. Congratulations to everyone. Look for a lot of emails shortly announcing the winners. Uh, You'll be able to read the poems online in about a minute or so. Um, Thanks, everyone, so much. Our next show is November 12th.